Well, good morning. Appreciate that. So uh, we are really excited to be here. How neat it is uh, to be at CIV in Alhambra and uh, recognize some of you. Some of you I don't recognize, but in a couple weeks I'll be back and then I'll recognize you. Um, I do teach, uh, I teach math and uh, so classes start on Tuesday. I was thinking this is about the size of a freshman class. So, uh, so just like that, uh, there's a place to take notes, but you don't have to turn them in afterward. Uh, I have to tell my freshmen that uh, because they, they tend to not, are, are we supposed to put stuff in a notebook? I don't care. Put it in a notebook. Do what you need to do. What I care is that you can do the math. And uh, so we're going to look at scripture and uh, see what it says about following well. And then also leading, since they, they tend to go together. Uh, I was looking this up and doing a little research for today. And uh, you might be surprised that when you look up uh, leading and following, what comes up a lot in business is being teachable. And I thought that's really important that you would be someone that was teachable, someone that, that really with the right attitude is willing to learn and, and with what they've learned uh, really contribute something toward the business. Uh, one article, it was uh, six ways to be more teachable in the workplace. Uh, the six things are uh, keep an open mind, check your ego, that sounds like the hard one, uh, ask for feedback, be respectful, ingest and implement. By the way, the article went into detail on this, so you can kind of fill in the blanks yourself. And then number six, be thankful. And I thought, what a great reminder of all of those things for us that uh, we really have to have an attitude that lent itself to being teachable. And then a another one, it was from Inc.com, and it was how to make yourself unoffendable and teachable. And I thought, wow, that one's really tough. And, and, and then the, uh, the subtitle was, yet still maintain your confidence. It takes work. You have to tear down a wall and you have to stoop low on purpose. Uh, you can look these up yourself, right? That you could read the article and then really learn something about uh, having an attitude that would lend itself and be helpful in whatever place you were working at. We've all been around others that don't follow well. Right? Maybe they were on the sports team with you, and, and they were the one with any kind of correction. They're like, I'm going to do my own thing, which doesn't work really well in team sports, but they seem to think it will. Or being at work and the ones that, that when they're corrected, their response is, I know. By the way, saying I know is never a good response, even if you do know. 
In fact, a better way to say it would be, you're right. You, you want to impress your boss, you say, you're right, instead of, I know. Strange how some people get promotions and raises and some don't. For the most part, everybody is following and leading in some way. You guys know this is true. Following church leaders. Maybe it's your community group leader. Pastors or board members. We follow our bosses, supervisors, teachers, or coaches. Uh, By the way, it's even called following on social media. I have an issue with that. I don't want to follow these people. Uh, By the way, I'm following some of you on social media. So just want you to know I've seen what you've been doing. Uh, Who you follow matters. How you follow matters. When when I was little, I, I... Went to the store with my babysitter, my babysitter, my my two sisters. They're older. I was I was the baby in the family. We went to the store, and I was following, literally following the babysitter around, right, doing my own thing. I was like three or four, but this memory is so clear in my memory. Following the babysitter from aisle to aisle, and and she was wearing a T-shirt and. Denim shorts, it was the 70s, so they're probably cut off shorts, and and she had sandals on. And I kept following her from aisle to aisle, and then we left the store, and we went out, and we went into another store, and and I was following her from aisle to aisle, and and then I realized she was wearing the t-shirt and the cut off denim shorts, but now she had shoes on. And it was at that moment that I realized that at some point I went from following the babysitter to following someone who was dressed somewhat similar to the babysitter into another store and panic set in. And I ran out of the store. Now this three, four year old running out onto the, we we didn't have like Target back then. This was out onto the, the sidewalk of a busy street and down the street and then trying to get into it was an automatic door and for some reason it didn't open and 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 then I'm starting to like cry and ran in and and I'm sure at the time I didn't realize but but looking back and reflecting on that so many times it's not just that you follow it's that you follow correctly that you follow the right person and you have to do it with a certain uh, understanding of your surroundings I, I was thinking about this is is following a bad thing you're like well okay you've already been talking about it how can it be bad if we all do it yet in our culture we've started to equate following with some sort of oppression you know, realize that that that's just a lie that that everybody follows and that you're not being oppressed when you follow someone and you have to listen to those who have authority over you. In, in fact, the first commandment Jesus gave his disciples was to follow. Matthew 16, 24, 
Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That is such a powerful voice because in following, there's this idea that you have to deny yourself. Boy, that sounds counterculture, doesn't it? Deny myself? I thought we were supposed to do what we want, and if it's enjoyable and gives us pleasure, we're supposed to do it. Yet Jesus said from the start, follow me and do it by denying yourself, which means to to set down that thing that you want, that thing that you desire if it's not the right thing. That's what it means to follow. The example set by Jesus is the standard by which we are to follow. Jesus gave us a model for learning. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of learning that means getting good grades, getting the A on the test. I'm talking about the kind of learning which enhances wisdom, growing, maturing. And so you will grow into the likeness of those you follow, right? Who you follow matters. That's why we teach kids about peer pressure. Have you ever seen a group of junior hires hanging out? Have you noticed they all look the same? I mean, literally, right? Their haircuts basically the same. They're dressed the same way. That's not like an accident. They didn't just happen to dress that way. It's intentional. They're trying to fit in. That's what peer pressure is. And so you have to be mindful of who you follow because it starts to affect you. You start to grow into that likeness, right? That extreme of the junior high social group, it really doesn't diminish much as you get older. I have found myself, when I, especially when I'm, I'm hanging out with some new people, I use a phrase, and I'm like, I've never used that phrase before. Where did that come from? Wait, that's what that group of people say. And th- then you start to sound like them. By the way, when I do it, it's not hip, <laughs> right? Because when the young people do it, and they sound kind of hip because they're all saying the, this new cool phrase, when I say it, it sounds lame. So... I try not to. So what does the Bible say about following? First of all, it says submit to authority. Right? That when you're going to follow, you need to submit to authority. Uh, Romans 13 is a really hard passage to read in light of the last couple years. When we were told by the government to do certain things that that maybe we didn't agree with. Or that we were told this is what's healthy, you should do this for others. It it was kind of hard to do at times. Yet, this is still the place we need to go when we understand what it means to follow those in authority. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, right? Those in authority are in that position because God put them in that position. 
those that exist have been instituted by God. Verse 2, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. You will receive his approval. Verse 4, for it is God's servant for your good, but if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. Sorry. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed them. Taxes, to whom taxes are owed. Revenue, to whom revenue is owed. Respect, to whom respect is owed. Honor, to whom honor is owed. Right? So we put all that together and say we're supposed to obey, be submissive, right? Submit to those in authority. That means the government. And then you would say, well, this is Paul, right? I mean, the apostle Paul, he lived at a kinder time when the government didn't overreach and tell us to do things. Uh, by the way, this is the letter to the church in Rome. Most likely this was Caesar Nero who was in power. This was not a pretty time for Christians. And this is Paul saying, look, you need to obey. And he's like, well, wait a minute. Ultimately, the point of the government is to be a terror to those who do evil. That's supposed to be what it's about. Now, I realize there is so much more that the government does. Some we agree with, some we don't. Ultimately, though, we have a responsibility to submit. And we do it with wisdom, conscience, and love. And so we do that to set an example. Uh, that's a tough one at times. Respect those who lead well. Right? What does the Bible say? It says respect those who lead well. Wait a minute. I, I had to add the word well. Are you not supposed to respect those who don't lead well? Okay, look. There's, there's a system in place, hopefully, to correct if there's not good leading. Hebrews 13, 7, remember our leaders, those who spoke to you, the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. The writer of Hebrews is writing very specifically to those in the church that there would be people who would lead and that those around are supposed to be respectful of that. So, really, there's this attitude of following. It should be one of gratitude. It should be one of respect. And so, we're also all leaders. You say, well, wait a minute, I'm not a leader. No, you are. Everyone is leading someone. 
And so you have a responsibility to lead well. So leaders, they don't get off so easy. Ultimately, being a follower is easier than leading. Why? Well, first of all, leaders serve. Leaders are to be servants. Matthew 20, 26 through 28, it shall be so among you that whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to serve, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He says, look, if you're going to lead, you're going to be a servant and a slave. The word slave there in the Greek is the word doulos. It means bond servant. It means someone who willingly submits in order to, to serve. And so if you're going to lead, your first thought should be, how can I serve others? Uh, when I was in college, uh, I was invited to join a, a new church. Uh, like, I'd like to be a part of a new church. That's kind of exciting. And, and so I showed up and, and a lot of college students were there and some, some, uh, families and that. And, and I, and I was trying to figure out what can I do? How can I be a part of this? And so day one went to the church, end of the service. I walked up to the pastor and said, what can I do for you? And he said, see all those chairs. Yeah. Stack them over there. Cool. Now, I was a fairly new believer, and I thought, naively, this is the greatest thing ever that I could do for this church. I can stack all these chairs for God. And I, so I finished stacking the chairs, and I went back, and I said, what can I do now? He says, next week, come early. I said, okay, that'll be great. And so the next week, I came early. And I got there early and I said, okay, pastor, I'm here. What do you need me to do? He says, remember those chairs? That's right. Put them all out here in rows. And I did that. I got to do that. Now, eventually you go from stacking chairs to something else. But if you want to lead, you have to start somewhere. And the stacking chairs, obviously, these don't stack. Obviously, you start wherever you can to serve God. And by stacking chairs, eventually you get to do something else. Maybe not. Maybe you just keep stacking chairs. But can you stack chairs for the glory of God? Absolutely. Leaders serve because leaders sacrifice. Leaders sacrifice. The son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's what Jesus did. And that's the example by which we're to follow. Leading as sacrifice. Leaders must live up to a higher standard. This is a hard one. Because it means that there are some things that, that you'll want to do. When you lead, that you're like, you know what? I need to set an example. 
I need to make sure that what I'm doing is helpful to those that are following. And I don't know exactly what that might look like for you. I'll be honest, the the thing that that always came up for me as a pastor is Saturday night. Because you know what follows Saturday night? Sunday morning. And so often on Saturday night, my response was, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure I get home early. I'm going to get in bed early. I, I'm going to study my notes. I, I'm going I'm to do that. There, there might be some, something you have to give up. Luke 12, 48, everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will be demanded the more, right? That if you're going to be given responsibility, it has to start with service, right? And so at some point, anybody who says, I want to lead, I want responsibility, you have to take a step back and say, you know what, in order to lead and have responsibility, I have to first sacrifice, and so that higher standard, that, that, that greater responsibility requires greater sacrifice. James 3, 1, not many of you should become teachers, he says. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I thought we were trying to recruit teachers to work with the kids. James just said, not many of you should presume to be teachers. My brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. That's tough. And so the Apostle Paul made it really clear we're to lead by example. In 1 Corinthians, in in that letter to the church in Corinth, Paul wrote, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, I I have struggled with that verse for years because Paul said it with such confidence. Right? Now, I know he wrote it. Uh, his uh, amanuensis took the notes and wrote it down. It wasn't, it wasn't Paul, let me write this down and tell everybody. Uh, but Paul said it with confidence. What did he say? Imitate me. Do what I do. Follow me. Wow. Follow me? I'll try, and do, I'll try not to lead you the wrong way. Right? With, with, with some sort of fear and trepidation, I might say, follow me. I think I know where I'm going. Paul says, follow me. I'm going to lead you the right way. If you're going to be a leader, you have to answer the question, where do I lead others? And you ought to know the answer. You're to lead others to Christ. And so as as much as we might joke about, hey, follow me, maybe I'll hopefully lead you the right way. My goal would always be follow me because my job is to follow Christ. If you're following me, you're going the same way. We're to lead people to the cross. We're to point to Jesus. As the apostle Paul said, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. I like that. All right, it doesn't mean I literally knew nothing else. It means I was always focused on that. My goal, the 
the, the thing that I set my sights on, that's where I was going. Jesus Christ, him crucified. And, and then John the Baptist, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. It's not about me. So if you're following me, we're following him. It's all about that. It's not about me at all. Now, since I don't know all of you, I don't know the depth of your walk with the Lord. And my guess is there is a a varying stages in which you are all in your relationship as disciples of Christ. And there are some of you that are like, dude, it's day one. I don't know. I just, I just walked in. They had air conditioning. <laughs> and then there are some of you that are like, I have been a follower of Christ for 45 years. And everything in between. And yet what scripture makes clear is that our responsibility every day is to analyze our walk with the Lord. He says, look, you need to check your faith and see if you're in the Lord. And so this is it. Scripture's really clear. It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we're all sinners. And he says, the wages of sin is death. It may not be immediate, but it is eternal. And because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, there's, there's punishment. There's separation from God. And, and because of that, what he promises, he stepped in between us and death. That's what the cross is. It's a bridge between us and the Lord. Because he who is without sin can't bear it. And so Jesus then, as scripture says, uh, on the cross, he became sin. He took our sin. It was poured on him that we might believe Jesus is the son of God who died on the cross to pay for our sins. That we might trust him. And, and my favorite uh, is that he would then be the, the boss of my life. We don't necessarily use the word Lord in our society, but that's what it is. It means the boss, the CEO, he who is in charge of my life. And you say, well, well how, do I, how do I do that? You acknowledge your sin, you trust him, and then he promises to forgive our sin. I'm like, oh no, that's my phone. I don't, I don't think it's my phone. I think I'm okay. Uh, he promises to forgive our sin. And then not only that, not only does he forgive our sin, scripture says that, that on that day, you are justified. Justified is a fancy word that means made justified. Just, made right, put correct. 
It doesn't mean all of a sudden one day you're one thing and the other you're, you're all of a sudden different. And people look at you, dude, what happened? You get a haircut? You're like, no, I became a Christian. You see, it's not that. It's that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. And because of that, our sin is forgiven. And when our sin is forgiven, he promises to work in our life and becomes a, a process where he, he grows us. We call it discipleship or sanctification, right? A process of growing into Christ-likeness. That's the promise. That's the hope that we have. And so you believe him and trust uh, that he'll forgive you. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to go through a ritual. You tell God. And so... You have an opportunity to do that a little later, a little later, not a lot later, a little later, six minutes. Um, you, get to, uh, you get to pray, and then you could do that then. Uh, I have some other next steps. So that would be really be the first one, is that if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh, the next one that uh, you would evaluate, evaluate who I'm following. Right? Who am I following? And I don't mean go through your social media uh, people and, and, and make changes. I mean, who am I following? Right? What musicians, uh, uh, artists of various kinds do I go, that, that's who I look to. What, what people am I following? What, what leaders, what teachers? Now, if it's not healthy, I'll make a change. Uh, another next step uh, that I would commit to lead by example, right? That I'm going to evaluate, am I leading? How am I doing that? And I make some changes to lead better. I will lead as Jesus did by serving. And then the last uh, next step today possibly would be to join CIV and leading others to Jesus. And so what, what a great way to do that would be through uh, one of your, your community groups, right? And so if you're like, haven't got involved in one of those, that would be a great way to do it. That's why God gave us the church. You realize it's not an accident. It, it, by the way, it wasn't to be here today. As, as nice as joining on Sunday is, the church is at Sunday morning. The church is the community of believers joining together, supporting one another, encouraging one another. Uh, it, it's kind of like an us against them sort of thing right? How do we face life? We do it together. And so I would encourage you to do that. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for uh, today. I thank you that you are a gracious God that's given us uh, influence and you've given us the You have given us the, uh, the means by which to follow and to uh, lead. Father, help us to look at our situation. And if today is uh, the day, maybe the first time to say, Lord, I trust you. I want to follow you. Forgive me my sins. Help me to, to follow you better. Father, maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's I've just gotten off track. Father, that today would be a day that I could set aside and say, I want to do this right. Father, you're, you're gracious. 
Father, I want to, uh, I just want to pray. Father, as, as school starts for many, as uh, the, the weather heats up, Father, ultimately, we keep in mind that what we're about is your business. Help us to honor you, to follow well, to lead by example. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.